0: It's pretty pretty big, this little baby. Has anyone seen any little babies? Welcome to Beniah. I think he's the youngest member of our church. (laughs) Uh, You see this little tiny baby that was born, and this baby was going to bring joy to all people, it says. Then he says, The Saviour, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Has anyone got any baby brothers or sisters? Who's, got a ba- who's, who's ever had a baby brother or baby sister? Maybe that baby brother or sister is quite big now. I'm a baby brother. Um, babies are interesting things. <laughs> I reckon that baby looks pretty joyful. Babies are... Interesting creatures. (laughs) They're they're lots of fun, but they're also lots of work. Who's ever been woken up in the night by a baby? And every parent raises their hand. (laughs) But I want to ask you a question. When do you reckon a baby becomes a little kid? And we're going to look for some audience participation this morning, and I've brought my rewards. (laughs) Kids, what do you reckon? When does a a baby become a, a little kid? When they get to school? Yeah. Oh sorry, I'm gonna gotta, gotta, gotta give you that some 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 rewards. Not sure? Over the back. When they reach four years old, maybe? What a oh, oh, good oh, nearly, we're doing sports this morning as well. When you have a baby brother? Okay, that's a good answer. Well, what about maybe... Let's put hands down for a second. What about, is it when they turn one? Or is it when they turn two? Or maybe, or maybe when they start walking? I've got another idea, though. I've got another idea. We'll have more questions after, guys. <laughs> um, I reckon that a baby becomes a little kid when they're TT. Do you guys know that joke? Are you TT? Tally tubby, no. When they're toilet trained. I reckon a baby becomes a little kid when they're toilet trained. It's like that they're not quite a baby when they're still not in nappies, but like when they get to that point when they can go to the toilet all by themselves, the parents go, Yes. And I reckon that they've graduated. It's like there's a gradual process and it's finally like that point where they reach, I'm a little kid. I don't wear nappies anymore. And uh, we've been through that celebration just recently. And uh, I reckon that's when a baby becomes a little kid. But before a baby can be toilet trained, there's something that's got to happen. Before a baby can realise they need to be toilet trained, they've got to realise, I've got a problem. And when I looked at that baby, I thought, I reckon that baby is looking up at its parents going, <laughs> I've got a dirty nappy and you've got to change it. <laughs> It's like, (laughs) it was me. (laughs) It's like, everyone can smell it. I've got a problem. Before a baby gets toilet trained, they've got to realise they've got a problem. And until they realise they've got a problem, they're not going to do anything about it. So, uh, the Bible says that we have a problem. The Bible says we have a problem, and as much as we might pretend we don't have it like a baby that's got a a dirty nappy. You can pretend all you want, but that doesn't change the fact that there's a smell in the room. It doesn't change the fact if we ignore it, if we deny it. A dirty nappy is a dirty nappy. And our sin, we can't deny it. We can't just pretend it's not there. We have a problem, and that problem is sin. It doesn't go away just by pretending, and we can't, Get rid of it on our own. I wonder has anyone ever broken something before? Anyone ever broken something valuable of your parents before? Broken arms, broken vases. I wonder has anyone ever broken a TV before? I, I want you to imagine for a moment. It's a Saturday morning. Maybe you're at home. You're watching a bit of Saturday morning cartoons. Her mum's out in the veggie garden. And then dad's doing some jobs around the house, and he has his Saturday morning annual trip to uh, annual Saturday morning weekly weekly trip down to Bunnings. And you're in the lounge room, you're playing around, and you, you grab that soccer ball that you know you're not allowed to play with inside. But mum's outside uh, inside, sorry, mum's outside, and dad's not there, so you just sort of have a little kick around the, the, the lounge room. I'm sure no one does this. No, you wouldn't, you wouldn't disobey your parents like that. And uh, you you're messing around in the lounge room, and suddenly you kick the ball, and it's like it goes in slow motion and it's going across, and it's going across, and it's going across, and it hits the TV, and you go, "Ah, oh no, and it sort of wobbles. And you think, oh yes, it's going to stay, and then smash. And you look at that TV and you think, "Ah, what have I done? What have I done? Mum's still outside, she doesn't know what's happened, but then almost like clockwork, you hear the sound of Dad's car coming up. Or maybe it's just the Mini here coming. Um... And you hear Dad's car pulling up and it just pulls up in the driveway and you're thinking, what have I done? And you think there's no point running, I can't hide it. So you just sit there in the lounge room. And Dad walks inside and he walks down to the lounge room and he looks at you and he looks at the TV and he smiles. And you're thinking, what's behind the smile? And he says, come with me. And you're thinking... I'm not sure if I want to, (laughs) but you walk outside, you walk out the front door and you walk out to the car and you're thinking, what are we doing? And dad opens up the boot and he, (laughs) no Mike, he opens up the boot and he pulls out a brand new, huge, super fantastic, latest and greatest flat screen TV and you're like, oh my goodness, This is too good to be true. And you carry the box inside together. You take down the old broken one, you put the new one up, you you plug it all in. And miraculously, it doesn't take a whole day. And your mum walks in and she doesn't see the broken TV. She looks up and she sees the brand new, amazing, fantastic TV. And she's like, wow, what have you done, guys? This is amazing. This is fantastic. And meanwhile, the old one's been put in the box and taken outside and she never knows you know, there's a word, there's a word to describe what your dad has done for you in that moment. You you deserve to be punished for what you've done, but your dad has done something that rescued you, that saved you. There's a word called savior. The, the, the dictionary says a person who saves someone or something from danger or difficulty. And in a sense, you could say your dad was that, your saviour in that moment, so you didn't face the consequences of what you deserved to face. You broke the TV, but the saviour came and paid the price for what you should have had to pay for. You know, Jesus is our saviour. The Bible says we have a problem. That problem is sin. But Jesus came so that we don't have to be punished for our sin. Jesus took the punishment for our sin so that we can have eternal life and forgiveness. It's like, we, it's like we're that broken TV, but God wants to make us new. He wants to make us a new creation. Listen to what it says in Romans chapter 6, verse 23. Do you want to read it with me, kids? It's always awkward, but we'll try. Ready? The wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. We've all done the wrong thing. We all deserve punishment, but the free gift of God, that's why we give gifts at Christmas time to remind each other of the gift that Jesus has given. The free gift of God is eternal life, forgiveness, through Jesus Christ our Lord. He is our Saviour. He's the reason... Christmas is a celebration of Jesus, our Saviour, and we simply have to choose, are we going to thank Him for what He's done? Are we going to say, thank you, Jesus, that you took my place, that you took my sin, so that I can have a relationship with God, that I can have eternal life with God? Or are we going to ignore what He's done and, and face the consequences of our sin? which is separation from God. It says, if we deny Him, He will deny us. The choice is to be or not to be, you could say. And I'm going to let the kids' church tell us a bit more about what it means to be or not to be. And I'm going to ask the kids to come now and get ready for their little skit. Uh, We have an amazing kids' church. Um, This could be chaos for the next minute or two. (laughs) Well, I just want to say a huge thank you to all our teachers of Kids Church, and all our helpers. Uh, Sue was telling me we've got a few more people on board to help out next year, and I want to say thank you already to those people. Um, I'm just going to shift a few things. Oops. And uh, every year we have a tradition in our church to say thank you to our kids for being a part of our church, that we uh, give them a little gift every year. This morning, we haven't forgotten, but we're going to do it after the service this morning. We've got a little gift for all the kids Uh, they can come out and talk to their teacher after church and we've got a little gift for them but uh, right now or in a few moments i'm going to hand over to these guys there guys let these guys grab a seat we're just gonna finish the second part of looking at jesus our saviour The Christ is the Greek word, the Messiah is the Hebrew, the promised deliverer, the anointed one. You know, the Saviour is the one that rescues us from certain danger, but the Christ, the Messiah, is the one who is the promised deliverer, the anointed one, the one that was talked about from from the beginning, that would save us from sin. And Jesus is that Saviour, and we can trust Him even if He calls us out on the waters. We can trust Him if He tells us to... Tell a teacher about Jesus. We can trust Him if He tells us to talk to someone in the street. We can trust Him even if our things in our world are a little bit challenging. Have a listen to what it says in Matthew chapter 2. This is when the wise men have gone to see Herod and Herod says, what are the teachers of the the law say? What do the religious leaders say about this this Saviour, this Messiah? He says to the religious leaders, he says, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem, in Judea, they said. The, the prophet wrote, and you, O Bethlehem, just skipping a little bit, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people. They said the Messiah was going to be born in Bethlehem. And where was Jesus born? In a manger, in a manger. that's a good answer. <laughs> what town was he born in? Oh, uh, Who said Bethlehem? There we are, radio. In Bethlehem, they they, they prophesied that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem, and Jesus was born in Bethlehem. He did exactly what the Scriptures had said. Got to be listening or you miss the questions. Uh, John the Baptist said, I am not the Messiah. Because some people said to him, are you the Messiah? He said, I am not the Messiah. And he pointed people to Jesus. He says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John knew that Jesus was the Saviour, and without Him, we are lost. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Without Him, we are lost. And God doesn't want anyone to be lost. Has anyone ever been lost? Where did you get lost? Anyone, Has anyone ever been lost? Adults? Yeah, most of us. I think the place I've got the most lost was in shopping centres like Chadston. I'm fine outside, take me to a shopping centre, and I'm lost. It's not nice being lost. And God doesn't want anyone to be lost. He doesn't want us to be lost physically. He doesn't want us to be separated from those we love physically. He doesn't want us to be lost spiritually, emotionally. He wants us to know life, and life in Him. And when we know Him, we'll find life and find the way He wants us to go. When, when the angel appeared to the shepherds, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, they didn't have a GPS to tell them where Jesus was. They couldn't just type in, where's Jesus, and follow the GPS. How did they find Jesus? The That's really good. I shouldn't have asked you, though, because you've already answered the question, haven't you? Um, how, how did they find Jesus? <laughs> um, they find the yeah, there was a star, and they and I, I, I followed the star. Actually, probably it was the wise men that followed the star, maybe more so than the, the shepherds, but there was a star, and they, they followed the star to Bethlehem. How else did they find? What else were the other things that helped them find Jesus? Anyone know? Michaela. The angels, they told them where to go. I, I kind of wonder if the angels were like, it doesn't say this, but I'm thinking, maybe the angels said, go, go down like 2nd Street, and then when you get to the, the Kmart on the right, like turn left, and then go down there a little bit, and maybe that, maybe they gave them directions, I don't know. Someone else had another answer, did they? Uh, oh, so. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I'm so excited about Jesus, I forgot the, the kinder surprises. Fantastic. There was lots of signs. Is, read what it says again in Luke 2. It says, The Saviour has been born. You will recognise Him. You will find Him. By this sign, you'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Do you know what a manger is? What's a manger? A, like, like a... a a cradle that's also used to feed animals, isn't it? It's like a, a feed trough. That's right. That's a good, good answer. Uh, it's a food trough. <laughs> Sue's wrestling for it there. <laughs> they put Jesus in a food a food trough for animals. It wasn't an amazing place. Jesus knows what it's like to be born in a place that had had nothing. He understands our weaknesses, and He, he can sympathize with the struggles we go through. It says he He suffered every kind of thing that we'll ever go through. <clears throat> God doesn't want anyone to be lost. God doesn't want anyone to be lost. He, he loves us totally. He wants us to find life. Have a listen to what it says in 2 Peter 3, verse 9. It says, God is patient because He wants everyone to turn from sin and no one to be lost. I wonder if there's someone at school you know that's like, don't say their name, it's like that really naughty kid at school. Or maybe it's that really naughty kid at work. I mean, grown up, they're like a kid. Think of that person, I think God is patient because He wants even that person, even you, even me, everyone to turn from sin and no one to be lost. God loves us and He doesn't want us to be lost. But how do people know Jesus? How do they know about Him? The Saviour's been born, but how do people know Jesus? How do they find out about Him? Oh, sorry, maybe do you want to tell me after? Oh, there, there we are. Good job. Okay. How do we know who Jesus is? People tell people. Fantastic. That's the answer. How else do we know about Jesus? I hope I'm happy. I'm running out of price. <laughs> We'll have two more answers. (laughs) Yeah, we read about His kindness in the Bible and from people who actually believe. How else do we know about Jesus? He's he's the Savior? Absolutely. Fantastic. That'll do for now. We've we've got a present for all of you after. Um, How do we know about Jesus? There's lots of different ways. We read the Bible. The Holy Spirit speaks to us. Some people have had dreams. In countries where they don't know Jesus, there's people that have had dreams that tell them about Jesus, and then they get saved. Have a listen to what it says in Luke 2, chapter 2, verse 25. This is a man who was alive and was there the day Jesus was dedicated to God. It says, At that time there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So the Holy Spirit spoke to him. That day the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to the, present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He, looked, he, he took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, the Saviour, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to to the nations. He is the glory of your people, Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them. This man had heard from God that he was going to see the Saviour, and then Jesus came and God said, This is the one, this is the Saviour the Messiah that I've promised. And he revealed that through the Holy Spirit. And then in the, next part of the, in the next part of Luke, it talks about Anna, an 80-year-old lady who God spoke to and revealed that Jesus was the Messiah. doesn't matter if you're young or old, you can hear from God and know who Jesus is. How do we know him? The number one way we find out about Jesus is from other people who know Jesus. God uses people like you, and like you, and like you, and like you, and like you, to tell people about Him. He wants us to know Him, to know His name, to understand who He is, to trust Him, and then tell others about Him. God wants to use you. you can, I know some of you guys, God has used you to tell your friends at school about Jesus. You've been able to tell them why you go to church. And now they believe in Jesus. You've told them why you go to church and what Jesus did on the cross for us. And I know, I've heard some of you talk about some of your friends that now trust in Jesus. And us as adults, God wants to use us to tell people about the hope we have in Jesus. You are the people, we are the people, His church that God has planned to tell the world about Him through us. That's a huge opportunity. It's an awesome opportunity but it's a huge responsibility. God, help us to take up this message. Isaiah 9, verse 6 says, Those who know your name trust in you. For you, O Lord, do not abandon those who search for you. Now, in times we go through challenging things, but God wants us to seek Him, to say, God, what do you want me to do in this situation? And He will never abandon us. And if we know who God is, if we understand what God is like, If we know what Jesus has done for us, we will never doubt God's love for us. Even through those challenges, He won't abandon us and we'll know His love if we know Him. God wants us to read the Bible, to listen to His Holy Spirit, to to talk to one another in life groups, on Sundays, wherever we can about Jesus and what He's done in our lives and in the Bible. His name is Jesus, the Christ, our Saviour. He's the reason... That we celebrate christmas we are all broken like that broken tv there's a problem that we can't fix but he's the savior he want, he's the one that can save us from our brokenness from our sin and he wants to give us joy like that little baby who knows he couldn't do anything about his problem he wants us to have the joy of the spirit in our lives but we've got to realize that he is the savior Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God, the greatest gift we can ever know, is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord.